pastor has been preaching, step into it. Step into it. I love the topic. And I love that I get to preach part four. <laughs> and share with you part four. His text has come from Luke chapter 12, verse 32. If you have your Bibles and want to turn there. Uh, Sherea probably will throw it up there on the board. But Luke chapter 12, verse 32. We read, Do not fear, little flock, for as for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Yes. Now, we go back when he first started talking about the fact that when Christ died on the cross, the veil in the temple was rent in two, meaning that God was now able to come out of the... The Spirit of God was able to come out. He was able to come out. We were able to come in Amen. into the presence of God. Because in the Old Testament, if you remember, if you were the high priest, he went in once a year. He went into the presence of God. The interesting thing about that is they would draw lots actually to see who was a high priest. Because though it was a lofty position, you know, you didn't know if you wanted to be the high priest or not. You know? And the reason why is because if you walk back there and there was some sin in your life, you were dead. That's the reason they had pomegranates and bells on the bottom of the robes. And that's the reason they tied a rope around their waist. That way if they heard the bells move, they were okay. If they heard a thud, it's like, okay, he's dead. Pull him out. They'd take the rope and pull him out because they weren't going to go back there and get him because they would drop dead. But God's presence came out. And you've got to understand that is an Old Testament. Understand that in God's relationship to mankind in the Old Testament was what we call master-servant. Okay? It's called the patriarchal dispensation. If you notice when you read the Old Testament, though Elijah did great things, Moses did great things, the prophets did great things, it always reads with Samson, the Spirit of the Lord came up on them it wasn't in them oh man that's almost I feel the Holy Spirit that's almost worth shouting the three hairs I have on my left arm almost stood up understand understand that the Spirit of God dwells within us that's the reason that Christ died. Step into it. We need to understand what the purpose is. It's important, and, and grasp hold of this with me. Too many times we have taught people, be born again, God loves you, He cares for you, but our life goes back to being the same old thing. Same problems, same thing takes place. God did not intend that to take place. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. When you accepted Christ, as pastor says, your DNA changed. The part of me that was born again was my spirit, not my soul, not my body. My spirit and soul are like that. 
The only thing that can separate my spirit from my soul, the Bible says, is the word of God. The Bible says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy what prospers? Soul. Listen, you've got the Spirit of God in you. The Spirit of God doesn't have to prosper. It's already prospering. The reason you're not prospering is because you're not allowing the Spirit to dominate your soul. Plain and simple. I say this many times, God is not, never has been, nor will he ever be the troublemaker in your life. You spend 12 years making terrible decisions and you come to church and expect pastor to lay his hands on you and God to straighten out 12 years of bad decision in 30 seconds. Don't work that way. Why should God change the decisions or the problems when you're still the old you on the inside? Now, I'm not meaning the old man before you were saved. I'm meaning allowing your soul to dominate your spirit rather than your spirit to dominate your soul. But you don't understand. I feel so discouraged. I feel so weak. I feel so... I feel, don't you just want to slap someone? Are you a born-again child of God? Yes. Are you saved? Yes. Are you saved? As Brother Willie used to say, he was, Brother Willie was toothless. We'd have testimony night, and every time Brother Willie would stand up, and he would testify, Brother Willie would say, I'm going to see six pounds in the Holy Ghost. Woo! And he'd sit down. As a kid, I did just exactly what you were sitting there doing. We would laugh and make fun of Brother Willie. But I'm telling you what, the older I got, the more I understand what Brother Willie was talking about. And the point is, we are saved. We're blood ball. We're a child of the king. Uh, I, I do this to my, my class whenever I teach the foundations class. I offer them $100. And I'll offer you the same thing. If you can find for me any place in the New Testament that says that you were weak, I'll give you $100. I'm feeling so good. I may even give them $100 and Kevin may chip in 20 It's not there. You're not weak. Someone says, well, what is that that's come upon me? The Bible calls it a stronghold. Uh-oh, a stronghold. You mean the devil has a, that's right, the devil has a stronghold on you. But the good news is, strongholds can be broken. Second yeah. <clears throat> yeah. 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 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down. Imaginations that exalt itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Back in 1978, I heard um, a friend of mine, Dr. Stewart, he was ministering, 
and I never will forget this, his five-year-old had been sick. And uh, they'd kind of been up most of the night with him, and he and his wife were lying in bed, and his door was open, and his five-year-old's room was in the hallway on the other side, and and he heard his five-year-old get up, walk out of his bedroom, walk toward the bathroom, and so he just got up, and he sort of stood at his doorway, not out in the hallway, though. And he said, I was standing there, he said, and I heard him flush the commode, wash his hands, and coming down the hallway, I still didn't feel like standing out in the, in the hall, so I just kind of stood back like this. And as my five-year-old was walking down the hallway, he said, I heard my five-year-old say, Body, you need to line yourself up with God. I thought from a five-year-old. When you get sick, what do you do? I feel so bad. You know, do you ever tell your body to line up with the Word of God? Do you? Think about it. The Bible says, you know, you got the Lord's Prayer. I love the Lord's Prayer. I wanted to share it with you tonight. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He is saying, you know that Jesus established that we're to call God Father? See, in the Old Testament, they didn't call him Father. They couldn't call him Father because they were not born again. That was not his relationship with them. Jesus said when you pray to address it to the Father and assign his name to it. Have you been assigning Jesus' name to your prayer? That's What do we call that? Power of attorney? God has given you the power of attorney to sign Jesus' name to your prayer. Amen. Whose prayer? Amen. Yours. Amen. Your prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I've heard pastors say this repeatedly in the last little while. Have we been praying that God's will be done on earth? Normally, our prayer is, Lord, get us out of here. Lord, it's going to you know where in a handbasket. Get us out of here. It's the end times, Lord. Get us out of here. Most of us are concerned about getting out. Not about staying and trying to get the will of God in that that's going on today. Do you know why we have so few choices? You know? It's because... The church is not praying God's will be done. We're praying, let's get out of here. Let's wind things up. Let's get over it. Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. That's what we want. Now, I know that's difficult for some to adhere to. But as long as I'm here, I need to be praying that God's will be done. Amen. 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 Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I've got a question for you. When was the last time that you prayed, lead me not into temptation? Let me 
I'm going to rephrase that just a little bit because that would insinuate that God leads you into temptation, but he does not lead you into temptation. The Bible says that when you are tempted, you're tempted of your own lust and your own desires. It's not God that's tempting you. It's not even God that's testing you. I'm a firm believer that we open the door to the enemy of our soul. We talk about Job. Why was the reason Job went through what he went through? Anyone know? Chapter 3, verse 25. Job said, this thing that I have greatly feared has come upon me. Now I'm under the belief that if he had not have feared, that would not have come. You see, listen, God has things in order. And at that time, Satan had a right to come to the throne of God. Now, he doesn't now, but then he did. And there was a servant of God. For all I know, Job may have been the only servant of God. But it came because he feared because the door was open. Paul said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to do what? Stand. Too many times we, as the children of God, have our helmet on sideways. It's cocked to the side. We've unbuckled our breastplate because it's too tight. Put on some weight. Gotta loosen it up a little bit. We've not been sharpening our sword, which is the word of God. And then the enemy attacks, and you know, we look. Does anyone remember the television show F Troop? It was a bunch of. The word starts with a I, the letter I. Incompetent. A bunch of incompetent soldiers. The Indians would attack, you know, and the incompetent soldiers, they had no idea what to do. You know, it, it was hilarious. That's the way God's people are. The enemy attacks. Our sword's not ready. Our breastplate, you know, we got one shoe on and one shoe off. Your feet are supposed to be shod with the preparation of the gospel. Why aren't they shod? Somebody said, well, they are. Well, I'm a firm believer that as God has likened our relationship and our Christian walk to two athletic events, it's the only place that I know that in Scripture that likens our walk with God to two athletic events. One is a foot race. And the other one is a boxing match. And in both those cases, those athletes have to stay in shape. Someone said, well, why did he choose those two? Because it's understandable in that aspect that sometimes you may have to run, not away, but to. And sometimes when you get there, you know, there's been some times I have... I've wanted the devil in front of me so bad so I could punch him in the face. Someone said, aren't you afraid of the devil? No, I'm not afraid of the devil. I'm a child of God. Amen. 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 You should have no fear. 
The apostle said, God's not given us the spirit of fear. Why are you fearful? That's not of God. That's not in your DNA. That is not there. James 4, 7. I love this. Submit yourself unto the Lord. Resist the devil and he will flee. I looked up the word submit. I just wanted to see if it said what I thought it said. And it said to give over or yield to the authority of another. If you do that and resist the devil, he will flee. Do you understand this is not about God doing something? It is about you doing something. Pastor said, and I love this. It's finished. Jesus said, it's finished. I'm going to ask you, think with me and be reasonable. What else is there for Jesus to do? Can anyone think of anything? I mean, I have thought. I've thought till I've fried my brain. I can't think of nothing else that Jesus needs to do. Someone says, well, then what needs to happen? I need to learn to receive. When Jesus said it is finished, I, I, I wanted to look up that too. Finished. Finished in this phrase when Jesus said that, it is an adjective. Meaning completed or perfected in all details. When he said it is finished, as an adjective, completed and perfected in all details. And then you know how the dictionary has, you know, first definition, primary, second definition, third. De this dictionary went all the way down to number six. And when I saw number six, I said, I've got to share number six too. Number six is of cattle. You know, cows. Of cattle. It is finished. Fattened and ready to go to the market. <laughs> I like that. Someone said, what do you mean? I mean, it's finished. You know, I can associate with your fat in the cow getting ready to go. The cow's ready to go. When Jesus said it was finished, that's exactly what he meant. Amen. Amen. Ephesians 4.27 Neither give place to the devil. I'll say it again. This has nothing to do with God. This has nothing to do with God. It's not about God trying to do something for you, attempting to do something for you. It is about you not giving Lucifer an opportunity or a foothold. And you say, well, how do I do that? You do that with your thoughts. I'm going to go back. My spirit was born again. Okay, now those of you like me, you know, I've been saved five times, baptized six. Before I really got a good dunking. You know what I'm talking about. I'm just teasing with you. It was really three and four. <laughs> but the point being is, your spirit, if you backslide, your spirit, you come back to God, your spirit is not born again. You're only born again once. Your spirit is what we call regenerated. It is cleaned up. 
It is clean. So, you know, when we talk about being born again as a child and we dabble in sin and we don't come back to the Lord to our 20s, I'm not born again. I was born again when I was a child. But I was just regenerated. Okay? God's done that for me. You say, well, what's the problem? The problem is with your soul. Your soul is not prospering. I'll go back to that. It is through your soul that you allow the devil to have a foothold. We allow ourselves to think on things that we shouldn't be thinking on. We allow things to fester for days. As a pastor for many years, I did counseling, marital counseling. I never will forget. One lady, she came in and her husband, I talked to him by herself. Then I brought her in and talked to her by herself. And she said to me this. She said, I'm going to forgive him. She said, but I just want to burn his biscuits. My reply to her was trying to not grin. <laughs> it's hard to be spiritual when somebody says something like that. <laughs> was to her, what if the Lord came and you was burning these biscuits? Do you understand that you, I will not get to heaven because of what I have done in the past? If I die tonight, I will get to heaven because at that moment, at that moment, my heart was pure and clean before the Lord. It has nothing to do with how many years I've spent in the ministry, how much I have prayed, what I have done, what I have said. All that counts for nothing. What counts is this moment. And I was pleased because she left, walked out in the hallway. He'd already apologized to her. You know, husbands have to apologize over and over We're not recording or anything, are we? I don't want Brenda to hear this. Over and over again. She walked out in the hallway and she apologized. Because understand, it's about now between you and God. The reason we have, listen, God did not intend for our walk with Him to be difficult. He didn't intend for you to go through trials and what we call tests and tribulations. Read the New Testament. He has set you free. For he who knew no sin chose to become sin so that you might become the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You know, God's people act like they're more than conquered rather than more than conquerors. That's what he's saying about you. The problems that we face in life, will we have problems? The answer to that will be yes. We are in the devil's territory and we should be the ones wreaking havoc upon him. Currently, this world belongs to the enemy of our soul. There will be a day that it will be reclaimed, but it's not right now. I am in, in his territory. 
He's not in mine. This earth is not my home, people. I am the, I should be, what do they call those counter-tactics, you know, hit and run, you know. I should be the one hitting and running, but instead we allow the devil to hit and run on us. I should be the one. I should be the one waking up in the morning, and I do this. And I, I know I'm not as fast as I once was, but I still believe I could whip him. There are times I get up in the morning, the first thing out of my mouth is, Lord, I thank you for loving me. Devil, where are you? I say, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. Someone says, well, why do you want, why do you want the devil to come? I want him here. You know? I want him here. You say, why? So I can shut the door in his face. You know, open the door. Come here, devil, come here. Take that. Why? Well, the Bible says to us, Ephesians 4.27, neither give place to the devil. I'll say it again. It has nothing to do with God. It has everything to do with you. You allow him to have place. I'm a, I, I am a very forgiving person. And, and I say that humbly. Not really. I'm proud of that fact that I'm a humble person. You say, how can you be proud and be humble? Well, you can be. I'm proud that I'm humble. I know it sounds like an oxymoron, but it's not. I am proud, but I am humble. You say, why are you humble? Because I realize that my humbleness is based in my preservation of myself okay and I say it this way I forgive because I want to be forgiven I would like to say I give and forgive because I'm a wonderful person I'm really not that wonderful you can ask Brenda you can ask my students (laughs) I'm really not that wonderful but I want to be forgiven of the Lord. I want to walk in Him. I don't want a day to go by. You know, the Bible says to not let the sun go down, or or excuse me, be angry and sin not. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Most of us can't be angry and not sin. Most of us have to sin when we're angry. That's the reason we don't want to be angry. But you can be angry and not sin. I told Brenda when, when we got married, I apologized before we'd, if we had an argument, I'd apologize before we'd go to sleep. Even if I was right and she was wrong, I'd still apologize. You said, why? Because I didn't want there to be nothing between me and the Lord. It's not worth it. Listen, pride is not worth losing your soul over. The Bible says, what shall it profit a man if he gains the world and loses his soul? You know, but there are people, they will take a chance at losing their soul over their pride. Don't do it, people. That's the reason that we have such a struggle in this life. I'll say it again. God did not intend for you to have a difficult time walking this walk and going to heaven. 
There are people I know that are on their way to heaven. I know they're on their way to heaven, but they're having an absolutely miserable time getting there. I'm on my way to heaven. I've enjoyed my walk. Has times been hard? Listen, I've laid down on the floor and squalled. Anyone know what a squall is? Laid down and squalled. Got back up, said, thank you, Jesus. Today's a new day. You can't think on the things of the past. Have people wronged you? Of course they have. Have you wronged others? Yeah, you have. I know your mother says you're sweet, but you're not as really as sweet as your mother says. <laughs> you see, there are a lot of believers that think that the devil and God are opponents. Okay? Sort of like a good versus evil deal. These same people know that God wins. And they believe that the devil puts up a pretty good fight. But I'm here to tell you that is not true. Satan has no power over God. The battle that we are facing is not between God and the devil. It's between us and the devil. Jesus said it is what? That means his part is completed perfected all the details is finished why do you struggle because it's between you and him but really you shouldn't be struggling because God has given you the victory greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength we are more than a conqueror all those verses that talks about how wonderful God has made the provisions for us we just refuse to walk in the provisions. We spend all of our time trying to get God to do something. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Normally it's Lord, can you move our way? I have learned that when I have problems, the best thing I can do is not pray and ask God to fix it. The best thing I can do is pray and say, Lord, your will, let me get closer to you. Slide over to him. When I pray and fast, I'm not praying and fasting trying to get God to move. God, you're trying to get God to move? Come on. He's God. You know, who are you trying to get him to move? What do you do? You think he's sitting up there drinking iced tea? You know, and he's thrown, saying, sing some more. <laughs> what do you think he's doing? We should be trying to move to him. Because when we move to him, when we move to him, I find that he moves to us. There's a verse of scripture. Maybe you can help me remember where it is exactly. But it's something like this. I, I like paraphrasing at times. If you are having difficulty finding God, stop what you're doing and begin to praise him. And he will come 
and find you. I think at some point in the book of John, do you understand? Praising him will bring him to you. You can't find him, praise him. My wife gave me something the other day and I thought I would read it. She gets inspired every now and then too. Sometimes for the right reasons. She said, we want God to bend the rules just for us. We want him to look over our disobedience and half-heartedness. We must be willing to give into his will. Take up your cross. Follow him. Then he will become our deliverer. You see, we give it a half-hearted shot. Uh, I've thought people come and say, I have been praying. They'll say, I, I've been praying. I have been fasting. Yeah. He fasted white bread. <laughs> they say, they say, they, they say, I, I've, I've been praying, you know. You know, and their prayer is about, you know, like this. Lord, bless me and my four. You know, Lord, we need blessings, mercy, and grace. Just come our way, Lord. We, Lord, if you'd just do this, and Lord, if you'd just do that. Lord, if you could just help us out here, we'd greatly appreciate it. We know you're there. We know that you care. If you could just do this for us, Lord, we'd be so grateful, Lord. That's begging. That's trying to order God to do something for you. Prayer is, Lord, help me to deal with the situation. Help me to have love toward this person. I'm hurt, Lord, but I know that you can heal my hurt. Things are hard, Lord, but I know that there is peace in you. Things are just running amok. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Now that is prayer. You've got to understand that, people. That's the reason why it's important. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. If I'm going to be in health, my soul is going to have to prosper. You see, what's my soul? The part of me that is the reasoning, the thinking, our senses. Those are the things that, that have to be. You see, what does that mean? That means I think upon the good things. You know, when, when the doctor, uh, pastor was talking a while back, and I thought, wow, you know, I've always believed that, and I'm glad he believes it too. You know, the first thing that when the doctor says that this is wrong with you, it shouldn't be, oh, God, what am I going to do? It ought to be, Lord, you are my healer. If they tell you, listen, I don't care where you work. Where do you work? CMTHS. Engineers. 
they may sign his paycheck, but they're not his employer. You lose your job today? Exactly. You know, back in the early 80s, I wanted to make it rich. I'm going to confess. I, I, dabbled, I dabbled in silver. Silver was cheap. I, I thought to myself, it's going to go up. You know, so I invested a little bit in silver, and I took 10000 and I turned it in to $75,000 in less than three months. I said, wow, this is great. So I took that 75000 and I turned it into almost a quarter of a million dollars. I said, man, life is awesome. Thank you, Jesus. I took that and invested it. And it was at the same time that the Hunt brothers, I had to pray and ask the Lord to help me forgive the Hunt brothers. If you don't know who the Hunt brothers are, there are are a couple brothers, uh, oil men out of Texas, you know, billionaires. They decided at that time that I was in silver to buy up the market. So they decided to flood the market. Well, they flooded the market, and my 250000 my quarter of a million, became a paltry $1,900-and-something dollars. And because I had leveraged, I had leveraged bought, I was going to have to come up with a difference or lose everything. Well, guess what I'd done? I'd been greedy. I laid on the floor in my hotel room in Los Angeles, California, and the first things out of my mouth was, thank you, Jesus. I realized that I had pride. I thought I could be somebody without you. I thank you that I still have my shirt, and that's about what I had was my shirt. I thank you, Lord. Since that time, the Lord has blessed me since. But what I'm saying to you, so many times the difficulties we have come upon us because of ourselves, not because of God. Not because, you know, we, again, as I say, don't give him a foothold, people. I'll ask you again, what needs to be done? Nothing. In closing, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, I love this verse. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. When does that take place? When I get to heaven? I don't need need blessings when I get to heaven. I need blessings here. Do you understand? I need blessings here. All blessings are available to me. When? Now. You say you don't have? There are blessings that I don't have. There are blessings that I still struggle for. But at least I know how to go to that. I don't lay awake at night blaming everyone else because I'm not successful. What else needs to be done? Nothing. Nothing. God has made you more than a conqueror. You are sufficient within yourself. We come to church to be built up, to encourage, be encouraged, 
to praise the Lord, walk out those doors, and be terrors for Jesus. Have you told me to the devil today? If you haven't, you need to. You need to make the devil afraid of you. Instead of you being afraid of the devil. Make him afraid of you. You say, how do you do that? Praise God. Be bold. Live your life. Allow your soul to prosper. Attack the enemy of your soul. I understand exactly what pastor means when he talks about testimony night. That people get up and they'd praise the devil more than they would God. I remember one dear saying, oh, the devil knows right where he comes every time. And, and Listen, if he's been coming every time, the same place getting you for the past 15 years, you ought to do something about it. I mean, I don't understand that. And you know people like that. If the devil comes one time, you know, it should be shame on him. If he comes twice, it ought to be shame on me. If you know where the devil's getting in, patch it. Get some tar, get something. Patch it. You ought to be ashamed. Oh, I better not say it. Well, I'll go ahead and say it anyway. You see, when you're old like me, people, you can say things and people say, well, he's just old. He doesn't really know. He doesn't understand exactly what he's saying. Now, what was I going to say? Now, let me... Oh, Yeah. If you are allowing him to come and torment you, it's not a God thing. God has nothing to do with it. God's probably sitting up there saying, you know, when's JP going to learn? When? You should be tormenting the devil. Learn, understand. The, can we all agree that the Bible says that the yoke is easy and his burdens are light? Can we, can we all agree? Do you believe that to be the word of God? Okay, then grow up and understand that it is. You're the person that's making it difficult. You're the person that's giving the devil the, the ammunition, you know, my dad used to say, just go ahead and give them the gun and shoot them. You know? They're in, they're in, you know what I'm saying? You, you understand. Meaning you're, you're feeding the devil what he has need of. Listen, the devil's not omnipresent. He can't be. Most people say, I've been attacked by the... Listen, the devil's got better things to do than attack you. I'm talking about Big L, Lucifer. You know. You know, we used to stand in church. We'd all have flat top guitars. Pastor knows what I'm talking about. You know, there'd be five people having a flat top guitar playing and singing. Someone would break a string and someone would say, well, the devil broke my string. 
Listen, the devil's got better things to do than break the string on your guitar. of your problem is you. I know that 99% of my problem is me because Brenda tells me it is. (laughs) It's the truth. It's not the devil. He has no power over you people. Now I know that we're influenced out there in the world and we're made to feel that way and we're made to feel like pity parties but that's not What stepping into it is about. It's about stepping into the kingdom of God, living out the DNA that God has given you by being born again and you following after that. Grow up. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Now you can say, well, he just doesn't remember what he says, and I probably don't. But God's good. Amen. Amen. Hope the Word of God is ministered to you. It's extremely important because the Word of God is, is your source of deliverance. It is the way in which you will grow. Do not fail to follow after God in His ways. Understand that God is not, never has been, nor will He ever be the troublemaker in your life. But God sent Christ Jesus that He might redeem you from the curse of the law. And either you are or you're not. There is no ba- maybes here, people. I'll say it again. I don't need to be redeemed when I get to heaven. I don't need deliverance when I get to heaven. I don't need peace of mind when I get to heaven. These are things that I have need of now, and they're provided for me. They're in Christ Jesus. Get in the Word. Be fruitful. It will multiply in your life. And you can be in the worst storm of your life and still have the peace of God. You don't have to be fretful. Amen. Stand your feet with me if you would. I want to pray with you. Father, we give you thanks for each one present. We ask you to minister to their needs, spirit, soul, and body. Grant that that is needed abundantly. We know that you are well able to grant that. Father, I look for victorious testimonies. I look for growth. We are not defeated. We are not discouraged. We are not troubled. Sometimes our walk is by faith. But we do not give place to the enemy of our soul. We declare that he has no opportunity. He has no power over us because we are born again, blood-bought, children of God. And for that, I give you thanks in Jesus' name.